Eagle looking great. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. I'm your host, Anthony. And I'm your other host, Chris. We are the premier podcast for all streaming science fiction and science fiction adjacent movies, television shows, shorts, distribute originals, random YouTube videos you didn't know existed. It's got moving pictures, sound, and it's vaguely science fiction. We're eventually going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a solid chance we'll talk about it. Yeah. After going back on what we said we didn't want to do, we'll do it anyways. Look, look, man. <laughs> I really didn't. I had no intention of watching this show. Uh, or if I was, I was going to wait to binge it. But it was on. Uh, other people uh, chose what what we watched. And here we are. Yeah. Wow. Why Why so much hate? I'm not, I'm not hating. It's just... It feels like a lot of... I feel the it was, judgment. I, I said, we should do this. And you said, no, I don't want to do another TV show. And I said, okay. I don't want to do... And so I, I gave you other suggestions. And then, sure as shit, three weeks later, hey, we should watch The Last of Us for the podcast. Like, It's because I, I ended up watching it. And... Uh, okay, so we're doing The Last of Us. Uh, pilot episode only, as is our, our norm. I don't know how I'm going to edit whatever noise it is that you just made, but I'm sure it sounds horrible on the recording because it sounded horrible in my headphones just now. Yeah, it's someone else's problem, not mine. <laughs> yeah, mine, Chris. <laughs> it's my problem. <laughs> I did want us to move further away from the television. However, as we were trying to wrap up season two, we just needed a few more episodes and working on production for other things and about to have some time off because uh, some work trips... Ended up seeing this, remembered that you uh, recommended it. So I said, okay. And I came back. I apologize. I'll never change my mind ever again. Uh, and if I ever tell you no about something, just I will never come. Like if I try to come back on it, don't let me. I'll just, you're going to be my accountability partner on this, Chris. I'll just forget. So it's okay. Because <laughs> I feel, I feel like I've done the same thing. So it's okay. You, you maybe. Yeah. Just, just maybe. The only, the only- but I feel like I haven't given you crap for it. See, I'm a supportive I'm, a, oh. I'm what we call a good friend. Yeah, you haven't given me Christopher. You haven't given me crap for one specific item. Yeah, for this one thing, yeah. this one thing, and this <laughs> one hobby that we for, share. For all the other things, mm-hmm. uh, no, I think the only other things you absolutely deserved it. So. I th- the only thing that I was even upset that we never watched was Peacemaker. Still upset about it. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. That's okay. uh, that that's on me. I I do want to watch it, but uh, man, there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into that. We can talk about that offline. Um, but maybe we'll maybe we'll touch that. Uh, are they doing a season two of Peacemaker? It wrapped Is it that up. up in the air with well, uh, HBO. Oh, did it wrap up in the well, first season? It, it, I I mean, what I say, like I think they put a nice bow on it. But okay, with James, like now that James Gunn is fully in the DCU EPG thing, who knows? Yeah. Oh, we're gonna have to wait three years before we get a, another Superman movie. Apparently, since there's a yeah, whole new what, one now. Man. Yeah, <laughs> when's the last time there was a good Superman movie? Um, it came out on, in your opinion. It was. Uh, opinion. Does it have to be animated or live action? It, uh, <laughs> I was, man. I was talking live action. There's been some uh, good animated ones, yeah. though, for sure, for sure. Now, last, what was the last? Like, what's this? Is not the podcast. Oh, for the, this. The, we're not going to talk the about the Superman Cut. franchise. This is a Snyder Cut. Is that a Superman movie? I think so. <laughs> okay fair enough because it wasn't donna uh, is that the one they bring him back yeah they bring him back yeah that's the one where yeah. he's like dead and they bring him back yeah yeah, yeah it's that one the snyder cut yeah oh man yeah i should yeah. watch that again i should block out a weekend to watch they, that again they got that black and white version up Ooh. justice is gray or something like that 
I saw it. I clicked on it on HBO Max because like, is this the, is this a four and a half hour movie Damn filmed right. in four three? <laughs> Vin put in black and white. I, I guess it is. I guess it is. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Shifting gears. The Last of Us. New series started streaming a few weeks back on January 15th, airs every Sunday at 8 p.m. Central Time, which is, of course, the only time that matters on HBO Max, which I thought might, I, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know, it felt a little odd. It's made by the same people who made Chernobyl, which people loved. Have, have you seen Chernobyl? Yes. Was it good? Uh, okay. No, I'm, I'm trying to find the word, like, because Chernobyl's one of those shows where it's, you're you're taking a historical event, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's a lot of truth and accuracy to some degree, but there are some what I assume would be creative liberties, mainly because I don't know, right? I wasn't there, so I can't prove positive. I can't prove positive. Say this is exactly what happened. Are you describing Chernobyl or Straight Outta Compton? Because I feel like Straight Outta Compton was pretty accurate. Uh, eh. um. <laughs> Like the thing with Chernobyl is like they they condensed some character they condensed the real life people down. And oh, I think really? some okay. people had a lot of problems with that. I could see why you would. I, I mean, I don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But no, it was yeah. it was it was a great watch. I would say it's, it was a great watch. Yeah. This show was also besides the the creators of Chernobyl was also executive produced and written by the same person who wrote the source material for the uh, video game that released ten years ago almost. Uh, the Last of Us. I guess get it out of the way right away. I don't. I don't think we we have any plans because I've played The Last of Us back in 2013. I know you played. I beat it uh, more or less. You played just the intro, mm-hmm. but I don't think we plan on. You can correct me, I suppose, but I don't think we plan on comparing the show to the game. Like anything else, like we were just talking about Superman movies. The movie needs to, or the movie, or in this case, the show needs to stand on its own two feet. Definitely, kind of separating the two. As we uh, as we go forward, oh, I'll compare them. <laughs> you never beat it, so it's kind of a pointless. Well, pointless. It, uh, well, it was the intro, and this is fine. the first we'll talk episode. About the intro. So sure. <laughs> All right. So I've been proven wrong already. Let's get some facts out of the way, Chris. Let's get some facts out of the way. Oh God. Um, it's gonna be one of those episodes. La- I think it is apparently gonna be one of those episodes on IMDb. The blurb reads. After a global pandemic destroys civilization, a hardened survivor takes charge of a 14-year-old girl who may be humanity's last hope. Pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. Uh, It's sitting at a 9.4 out of 10 star rating with 90,000 ratings. Uh, Meeting score of 10. So let's, I don't even know how to break down this chart. 70.1% of the votes or the ratings are a 10. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. I've read a few things. Uh-huh. Apparently this is widely considered the best pilot ever made. Are you you're telling me it's better than Encounter at Farpoint Part 1? You know, I could write a show that's better than Encounter at Farpoint Part 1. <laughs> I don't doubt it. My uh <laughs> my 6-year-old cousin could write a, a show or pilot that's better yeah, than Encounter at Farpoint. I could probably part write one. it blindfolded. I don't even know how Fair to enough. use a, I don't even know how to use a typewriter and I'm pretty sure I could figure it out. I don't think you need a typewriter even. You could write it using swipe on your phone <laughs> and it would turn out better. I, I did not read that. Did you read like, was there an article about that or is it just based on ratings or is this uh, is this an objective fact or a subjective fact? No, just a couple of different like 
all the different reviews that I've read, like if you if you want to just go ahead and skip on us to Rotten Tomatoes, we can talk about the tomato meter and stuff. But even yeah. on Metacritic, absolute bangers of numbers. Oh yeah. Oh well, let's let's walk through it. I got them both teed up here. Yeah. Tomato meter, ninety seven percent fresh, unheard of. Ninety six percent average audience score, almost exactly the same, just like Videodrome. The critics' consensus reads. Retaining the most addictive aspects of its beloved source material while digging deeper into the story, The Last of Us is binge-worthy TV that ranks among the all-time greatest video game adaptations. If it says binge-worthy, they're releasing an episode at a, at a time, so I don't, yeah. I don't know how that word fits in. And uh, minor spoilers, apparently Nick Offerman shows up in this as he's in the cast and crew. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, skipping once more to Metacritic, 84 Metascore based on 40 critic reviews labeled. I've never even seen this. Did you know that this label existed? This mm-hmm. must watch label? Mm-hmm. No, I, I've never looked anything up that had the must watch label on it. Yeah. Uh, 270 user reviews or ratings given us a 7.9, which of course Metacritic would have the lowest the lowest score out of everything for the, of the user reviews of all things. Yeah, if you look at the user reviews, there are so many... I'm not going to click it on. Well, on wax, uh, man. I'm not going. No, no, recording no. The screen. No, no, no. The the thing about it that bothers me so much, and I knew as soon as I saw the trailer for it, I knew people were going to bring it up. There are so many people that are upset that the the actors don't look enough oh. like the characters in the game, uh, right? Whatever. Like yeah. so. He here's a, here's a, a, someone put a three. Ellie is not even close by any means. So that's why it gets a three. That's why you're giving yeah. it a three. Okay, Superman. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? What was Homeboy's name? Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill isn't actually a Kryptonian. Christopher Reeves. Zero out of ten. <laughs> Brandon was it Brandon or Brandon? I can't. Brandon Ruth. Brandon Ruth. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah Hugh like Jackman that, yeah. not actually a mutant. Zero out of ten. Like what? Kind he of, actually might be a mutant. Have what, you seen him? What he kind looks of a score great. is that? Like he can sing. He can be the Wolverine. Here's my favorite one that I read. Um, someone gave another three star. Okay is yet another zombie apocalypse disappointing last addition to the Last of Us franchise. Pros, decent acting. Cons, nothing special to separate it from other numerous TV and movies of the zombie genre. Duh. Well, I've, <laughs> Duh. I, yeah, I, would, I would give it some of that. Like, I think I've seen the most, the most common opinion I've seen amongst people who are detractors of the show, or maybe not detractors, but not pro the last of us has been it's just hey yeah it's a zombie show i don't understand what the big deal is yeah that type of thing yeah we can we can talk more about that here in a bit i will say you know what i'm not gonna say chris i'm just gonna let that i'm gonna leave that pregnant pause there hold on to it since (laughs) this was kind of your idea and then it went away and then i brought it back up (laughs) we're gonna call it my idea fair enough give you the floor go and share your what's your initials thoughts and opinions And, and i guess uh we're recording this. There's already two episodes out. Have you watched the second episode? No, I, re- I, I, I in fact watched the pilot. I in fact rewatched the pilot with uh, the wife last night. Oh, okay, so it's a little fresh. Okay, yeah. very good. Good. Take it away. Really good. Uh, I, I, we made the joke about it last week about how I tried to make the viewing experience for you and, and Josh as miserable as possible when I was playing the intro, but the, the intro still like the intro hits of, of the game of the show. Spoilers in three, two, one. If you haven't already seen it. It takes place in 2003, uh, which is a, an interesting year for a lot of reasons. You know, it's just after 9-11. The world's in like a really weird place. Like America's in a really weird place. What makes the show 
or what makes the story about The Last of Us great isn't because it's a story about zombies. A lot of shows and a lot of books and a lot of movies and games, comics, whatever, that are about zombies, I think a lot of them get it wrong because they focus not so much on the zombies or the zombie-adjacent character. I think we talked about it very, very early on during the movie Pandemic, where Mm. we talked about the original movie... uh, Night of the Living Dead, right? It's the first one, like the first, the, the black and the white one. Dead. Yeah, and it yeah. was a commentary on humans, on how we react, and that's what made that movie great, and that's what makes the game great for a lot of people. I, you know, I kind of had a little bit of a thing with uh, Straw Gaming on Twitter. I don't think the gameplay of The Last of Us is anything to write home about, the game itself. Sure. Like, it's not important. There are better games that have, there are games that have better gameplay out there. What makes The Last of Us great when you finish it when you find out like who we really are as humans. And I think that's what makes, that's what is really good about the show is you see someone transform kind of before your eyes. And it's, it's, a tr- it's definitely a tribute to pa- Pedro Pascal, who is making his second appearance on the sci-fi wise guys. Third. Is it his third? What? Third appearance. He's a prospector or prospect. Uh, Mandalorian. That's right. Yeah. Mandalorian. When okay. we, and we, I don't think we reviewed Mandalorian, but we reviewed yeah, yeah, the yeah. book of Boba Fett in which he That's right. appears. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it's a credit to him as an actor, his ability to like, I, I didn't like you, you said you beat the game. I don't have the screen time with Joel Miller that you did, but I, I know who Pedro Pascal is and I know who Joel is and I think he fits mm-hmm. really well in my limited time with the both of them. I think the acting's really good. I think the the young girl who plays Ellie, uh, we didn't go through the actors yet. Bella Ramsey. I think she does a really good job. Isn't isn't that homegirl from Game of Thrones? Yes, she's from Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I oh, wouldn't know. Awesome. Everyone's like, oh, you remember her from Game of Thrones? Yeah. Like, no, I'm privileged. Cool. Yeah, she's been in yeah. a bunch of stuff. Uh, His Dark Materials, which we never watched. Radical. No, I think everyone does a pretty good job. I, I definitely think that it's worth watching again. You know, I watched it twice, I guess. <laughs> I guess I'll, yeah. I'll watch the second and third episodes eventually. But yeah, I, I don't have any real problems. Like, I, I don't have any complaints. I'm, uh, even in other movies that are video or movies or television shows that are video game adaptations, I'm okay with letting go of the, the minutia. Like, I don't like... Sure. Josh and I watched the Warcraft movie. Yes, it was significantly it. different from the games, but it didn't matter because it was a movie. It's a totally different form of media. Mm-hmm. And the story and the point was still there. And I think it holds true with this show as well. I guess my only complaint, if you could say it's a complaint, is um, I don't think there was enough shaky cam. Like you know, are you uh, are you being sarcastic right now? No, no, I'm being serious. I th- I think I I I honestly think the show could have used a little more shaky cam. Like there were there were a few instances like during not necessarily during the action sequences, but like when he's walking around and how um you know when you're playing Resident Evil and you walk into a different room and the perspective shifts. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I think there could have been more like um what's it called like a uh, not not steady cam or handy cam, but like um I don't know voy- voyeur shots. Voyeur? Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe like candid camera, like what, like, oh, like, yeah. like, like he walked, okay. like, uh, imagine like, like a set angle from a certain corner of the room or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And like when, like when okay. he walks in, and maybe they're doing that specifically because that's the perspective of the game. Maybe they, and I don't think the game does that because it's constantly in third person over the shoulder. Right. Right. But again, it's not a game, it's a show. I think it was, I think it was really good. I think it was a lot of fun. Like, I'm going to just kind of pick up from some of your points here. There are scenes uh, in the pilot 
where it's the same camera angle as a cut scene from the game. Mm-hmm. And it's the characters are in the same spot, especially the, the entire sequence where they're in the, uh, the pickup truck trying to get out of town. A lot of that is right out of, uh, right out of the game. In fact, uh, continuing spoilers, there was kind of a fake out there. The, as they're driving in the game, they get hit. She yells out for her dad and then they get hit, uh, t-boned and the, in the show the guy stops right before he t-bones oh, that's it right totally yeah. faked me out okay. completely faked me out because i'm expecting them to get hit uh, they do eventually crash it's just a little bit different i really appreciated that like that small change to keep me somebody who's played that intro several times uh, kind of on the edge of my seat like oh that that hit different it was uh it was very very well done the intro is expanded we get a little bit more time with the characters uh in the pre- outbreak uh, period that kind of the day leading up to it we get more time uh, with his daughter yeah i don't remember sarah going to the watch shop right like she had it and she gave it to him it was all like oh yeah i did do this but yeah in this like we get to see it all happen it's a lot more i just get you a little bit more invested you know the game has you control the character Mm -hmm. and you get to explore the world at your own pace and be this person for a little while uh, so you get that that connection quicker while in a in a in a more visual me- a visual medium like a movie or TV show, they just spend more time with the character. You get to see her interact with other people and learn who she is that way. I did have a complaint. I had a pretty big complaint. I think Pedro Pascal does a great job. I think all of the actors are fantastic. Honestly, I think that they nail the essence of who the characters are very very well. But I mean, especially Bella and Pedro. However, in the game, Joel has a, a very nice thick. Texas accent, mm-hmm. nice draw, and it's it's missing. Uh, his daughter also lo- loses her Texas accent. I mean, he's and, um, he's got an accent. It's just not as thick. Uh, yeah, it's not there. And when when he's yelling at her, they're getting in the car to leave. You know, he just killed that first uh, uh, infected uh, the the grandmother from next door, or what have you. I swear he dips into his natural accent for a moment. There's a couple of lines where I was like, oh, that's not even American, like in the slightest. Uh, but but whatever, like it's a small thing. It's a small thing. He is Chilean, right? I Chilean so. American. He was born in Santiago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Ch- is it Chilean or Chilean? I, don't I know. think it's Chilean. I don't, I don't know if because they're, they're from Chile. If you're out there, Chile, let us know. Uh, let's see. Yeah. He was raised in Orange County, California, in San Antonio. Okay, interesting. Yeah. He just. I knew he. I knew they moved to America at some point. Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Sorry. I guess I should say he doesn't have a typical American accent because yeah. he is an American, and so his accent is therefore an American accent. He doesn't accent. yell, get in the damn truck! <laughs> no, and there's nothing like that. Like, it's nothing sure. stereotypical. Right. It's just a heavy, you know, heavy accent, which for an accent that is usually made fun of and used to show that someone's not very intelligent or to lampoon somebody, it was nice playing The Last of Us to have somebody, to have the main character have this this accent um, and everyone loved the character. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of missed that a little bit, but that's that's yeah. like not important at all. I can say all of that, and it doesn't detract from <laughs> the show in the slightest. Yeah. It's more of a, eh, I would have wished that, but whatever. Well, right? I, I like I didn't necessarily have a problem with it, mainly because I didn't even remember his accent. Sure. The problem is, is if you if if you're going to do an accent thing, then you get into trouble, right? Like I love Tom mm-hmm. Hardy. I'm not oh sure why Tom Hardy does weird voices in movies. Because <laughs> the dude's got everything. It's in his contract. The dude, the dude's got everything. He is probably one of the best actors on the planet right now, if not one of the best ever. And he just like sure. 
can't stop making weird voices. Like I think Inception's the only time where you it sounds like a normal human being. But like when you're watching Mad Max Fury Road, and he's like, "That's mine." Like, come on, he's got to do the Australian accent. What the, are, yeah, it's not even Australian. Yeah. He doesn't sound know, like an Aussie at I all. Know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he's doing his best, Mel Gibson. I have no idea no, what he's, he's doing there. It's making stuff up. Yeah. Look, man. No Tom one Hardy knew is... who I was before I put on the mask. <laughs> Why are you talking like that, Tom? What? You're right. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. It could be Kevin Costner pretending to be a British man or an Englishman in Prince of Thieves, and the accent just that comes was, and goes throughout the comes movie. And goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was like Sean Connery is a Scottish man playing a Lithuanian slash Soviet submarine commander. Why does he have a thick sub- uh, Scottish accent? Yeah. Or he's the Spaniard. Right? Yeah. Oh man, Dumb. because he's shot. Well, back then, yeah, standards have changed. Look, well, no, it's the thing. Like, I, I'm okay with I'm okay with you keeping your natural accent. Like, I actually would prefer it. Like, when it comes to shows and movies where you got to make a point for someone to be something, like, oh yeah, he's a he's a French detective, but he speaks perfect English, doesn't have a French accent. I'd rather I'd rather you do that if you're going to cast an American actor. Or just like spilled coffee all over me. Uh, that's all right. Classy. Uh, yeah, if you're going to have an American actor, if you're going to have someone who's a, a British actor or a French actor, whatever, don't have them do an accent, Hollywood. We don't, like, I don't care. A lot of people don't well, care. I care a little bit. But would you rather have them botch it? I th- that's what I'm saying. No, I, that's I, that's the thing. Is I, yeah. yeah. So are we, is this where we go into our bit about how the British like to pretend to be Americans on, in movies? Like, that's like their thing. Yeah. They love to do it. And they're taking they're taking our jobs, Chris. The British actors are yeah, taking they, hardworking American actors' jobs. They, Don't get me started on the Canadians. They can't find jobs over there, man. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah they gotta go yeah, where the money is. Yeah, the like all oh the big production studios that take place in England. <laughs> yeah, get out I, of I'm here. Just, yeah. <laughs> oh no, Ontario. <laughs> Alienate yeah. two fan bases in one <laughs> one joke. Sorry. We've talked way too long about accents. It's not important. It's not important in the slightest. I, it was just a little disappointing no, I uh, because I, I really sure. liked that part of the character. But I know other than that, I liked that we get to spend extra time with these characters. Uh, we also get a little, I know you haven't played this part of the game, but uh, our introduction to Ellie is different. The game is told from Joel's point of view. And so we don't meet Ellie until Joel does. Uh, in the show, we're kind of we hop back and forth a little bit, so we're getting to to know who she is and get a little bit more of her background earlier on. It's not as harsh as it is in the game, where she's just basically paired up with him at a, you know in a five minute scene. So I, I really really liked that. Bella Ramsey really embodies the character. I don't know. I I was. Uh, it's one of those things where. You see the news about how the actors were told, hey, don't look at the games, don't play the games, blah, blah, blah. They did some anyways, but you get a little worried. Like, why are they telling them not to look at these characters? Do they do they not want them? Is it just as simple as, hey, we want them to be your own. We want you to take direction. We don't want you to just emulate Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson uh, or whatever it is. Or is it something more nefarious, like something Paramount Plus would do? <laughs> I'm so happy that they got such limited exposure to the source material because they are those characters. Like the yeah. script is those characters and the direction is putting them in those characters uh, without them having to act without them accidentally mimicking something they saw on a screen already. Really, really impressed with that. I've really enjoyed the pacing of it. This first episode felt long, but it was hard to tell because there was like a, there was like something at the beginning that wasn't related. There were some long credits and then there was a trailer at the end. It was an eight, 80 minute Block of video on HBO Max, 
but I think it ended about 15 minutes early. So we're right about the 55 to 60 minute mark, all things considered. Uh, and that's not including like credits or whatever. I think the sets are probably the best, if not the second, like second best, if not the best, like embodiment of what, like what post zombie outbreak world would look like. You know what I mean? Like sort of, yeah. A lot of people would think that, you know, like there's the doomsday preppers and people that think like, oh, so, you know, society would end. But, you know, he, human beings are ridiculously versatile. We're ridiculously adaptable. We live in every climate on the, on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's our ability to overcome circumstances. It would totally make sense that in the if there was a, a, an outbreak which caused, you know, the death of billions of people, I assume that's the body count. Oh, yeah. We would be able to build these little city fortresses you know and you and you would have like a, a corrupt police force there's a totally different form of currency like the the patched shoes like the clothes the buildings you know well like, there was that one guard in ellie's uh no no not in ellie's but with uh with the fireflies or whatever that had i was like oh i have those jeans those are my <laughs> jeans they're the same they're clean uh those are some levi's uh pre-worn <laughs> well yeah no i just mean that like but but no overall yeah but it's also it's i mean you're saying all that and i agree with you that it's really really well done but it's also the, it's on one hand like the easiest set you could possibly make right like it's run down cities it's so easy to do but on the other hand it's also the easiest thing to mess up you could easily leave something in there, especially since in the uh, in the universe of the show, the outbreak happened in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure that there's no hey, no, they hey, that TV and that pile of debris didn't come out till two thousand eleven, or you know, hey, there's a smartphone in Negan's pocket, or hey, look, there's a Starbucks coffee cup. <laughs> where where did this come from? There's, there weren't any cars in Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a slight change. the The game comes out and came out in two thousand thirteen, and it actually takes place in 2013 and then does the the 20 year jump in time mm. while in the show it takes place in 2003 and then jumps 20 years after the intro uh, so I, i'm assuming so it takes place in 2023 so it's like our, our same time or what have you but i know i agree i just i don't understand how everyone anyone else could mess like i just don't understand how you mess up this type of setting uh i mean just it- I guess what I meant was there wasn't a situation or there wasn't an opportunity where I, when we were looking at stuff and I was like, that wouldn't look like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. as much as I love the Mr. John suits, you know, epic pandemic, there's a couple, there's a couple sequences oh, in there boy. where it's just like, watch out. It's like, are we sure this is like, are we, are we sure this is what it would look like if there was a well, zombie it outbreak? It was the future. It was the future. Remember, because they had the self healing car windows so it's the future <laughs> or like how like you can't see outside the the bus it's always yeah, foggy. you can't <laughs> can't see outside the bus uh, it's always foggy that would show you no, the set. I mean, that's just you, what i mean yeah. like if, if you're gonna like if you're gonna make prestige television make prestige television like if you're gonna do a billion dollar reboot of lord of the rings visually mm-hmm. don't give a guy a breastplate of armor that looks like a, you you know you bought it at spirit halloween just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it is. It's hard because we our bread and butter is B movies and independent movies, right? Uh, kind of lower rent stuff. So sometimes I I I forget what I'm watching, and sometimes I'm like I'm I'm watching something that's that's not good, and uh, 
<laughs> Rain of Fire comes to mind because we were um, talking about that earlier. It was an episode we did uh, in conjunction with Science Fiction Remnant, uh, I think back in the summer, whatever, months ago. And it's such a great film if it had a third of the budget and pulled off what it was pulling off. Uh, going from Warriors of the Apocalypse is a bad example. Uh, going from something like the FP or Prospect or uh, Pandemic, you mentioned the John Suits film, or really any John Suits film, right? And going, you know what? I'm really happy with what they were able to do with this budget. And then coming to, you mentioned the, you mentioned uh, Rings of Power, or coming to The Last of Us, like prestige television. Uh, sometimes I have a hard time readjusting and going, oh yeah, this should look this much better. Right. Why doesn't it look better than this? Why does his armor look like trash? How much money are they <laughs> siphoning off? Like how much, how much corruption is going on in this set for this to be the special effects, right? And I don't feel any of that with The Last of Us. At least not in this pilot episode. They've definitely put their best foot forward. I, I wonder if just Druckmann just wouldn't let it happen. I was going to ask, like, this is being, whether it's whether it's right or, or, or wrong, this is being heralded as, like, the best video game adaptation of all time or whatever. And I, I don't know if I agree with that or, or disagree yet. We haven't seen all of it. Um, they're definitely trying their hardest. But it's it's got to be the first one that I'm aware of anyways where the original creator is a big part of, of the show like he's yeah. still part of this um neil Druckmann has done uh, some other games as well he wrote i believe for uncharted yeah uncharted uh series um he was a designer for all the uncharted games designer or writer um he was a programmer for jack 3 and jack x really i think what he's best known for is uh, while he was a student at florida state university in 2001, he, he won a Conker's Bad Fur Day multiplayer competition mm. organized by Nintendo and Playboy. Yeah, that's the height of his career, yes. I assume, yeah. At that, so I mean, he peaked in 2001, kind of like you did, and uh, he's just been riding it out since yeah. then. Yeah. But no, he's co-president of Naughty Dog, the developers behind it. So yeah, I mean, they've just held on to... Well, it, yeah, it's I just don't know. More than likely, it's because the, here are the production companies listed for the show. Sony Pictures Television... PlayStation Productions, Word sure. Games, the Naughty Mint, or the Mighty Mint, and Naughty Dog. So more than likely, it's because the production was like held so tight that they'd be able to get away, or not get away. Um, they were able to stay on task, right? I mean, that's like the nightmare that is any adaptation, regardless of whether it's a video game or a book, graphic novel. It doesn't matter. The second you take power out of the, you know, the creative can take creative control of the original creators yeah is you just kind of run into you know issues and it doesn't hurt at all that again the thing that makes the game great is the narrative right the the gameplay yeah. is second fiddle or actually probably even third fiddle to the actual visuals of the game like it takes you in just it's atmospheric yeah like you you ex yeah. like when you're exploring you actually have to look for things they're just not like like I'm sure that sometimes there are things that are just glowing on the ground for you to find. But like yeah. if if I remember right, watching the the little gameplay I saw of you and Josh playing it, like you actually have to search things, right? You have to like walk up to lockers and press a button, right? You're physically interacting with the world, and it's the story itself. It's really easy to maintain a successful narrative, you know, and and keep that really really close to the original vision when narrative is the point. You know, yep. it's it's different when That's you're true. a plumber who jumps on turtle birds and then now all of a sudden you're using <laughs> a super scope as a rocket launcher and you're you're loading bullets into your boots and jumping. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like it's isn't that how it works in the games? You know, uh, maybe. <laughs> Who said Who I was knows? talking about Mario Brothers? Yeah, uh, I didn't. It's weird I how much I'm didn't. looking at this picture of Pedro Pascal and thinking he could be Mario. So <laughs> that's the mustache. It does it does a lot. <laughs> talking about the atmosphere, them reusing some camera angles and sequences right out of the game. Some lines right out of the games, like her line at the and the, uh, about how she. You know, she sells drugs, hardcore drugs, uh, right out of the game, uh, which just doesn't hit as hard without the Texas draw, but we're moving on. They nailed the atmosphere. In the game, they nailed the atmosphere. They just brought that over ver- um, to the, uh, well, to the st- streaming screen. I don't really know what I was going to say. I was going to say to the to the whatever, but uh, they also brought over I think you Gustavo. Say, I think you say small screen. The small screen? Yeah. They brought it over to the small screen. I don't know. I, mean, I got a big TV. Uh, they also brought over Gustavo. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Santa Olaya, Loya, Loya, uh, the composer. So the mm. same person who did the composer for the Last of Us games was brought in to compose the series soundtrack, and that adds up. When you talk about atmosphere, music is a big part of that. Like music dictates emotion better than almost anything else. I know that the who was it? Uh, Merle Dandridge, who plays Marlene, the leader of the Fireflies. That's the voice actress. So she plays the, mm. plays the character in both productions. And I'm told, uh, I've read, but um, obviously it's not in the pilot, that the uh, the actors that played Joel and Ellie or voiced Joel and Ellie in the games have roles that aren't oh, yeah. supposed to be cameos. They're supposed to be actual roles. So I'd be interested to see what those are. But it's Troy Baker, and uh, who's, in, he's, who's in everything, yeah. and, uh, and Ashley Johnson. He's the king of laser ball. He is. That's a throwaway line from like, the fifth element if anyone oh, thought it. <laughs> He, uh, <laughs> Troy Baker is probably my favorite video game voice actor. He did The Last of Us. He did Bioshock Infinite, and he did Saints Row the Third. Like all like real close to each other. Oh, well, he, he's, sounding different in each one. He's in everything. Yeah, yeah, but he well just playing the leads. Um, so yeah, he, he was he was Thug Number Two mm-hmm, in um, mm-hmm. Batman Arkham Asylum. Yeah, I think he played he plays Sam Drake in the uh, in the Uncharted games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we let's we can look at the list here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. John Jones in a Fortnite Chapter Three. Let's scroll back to games I might actually remember. Tons of anime. Uh, he's just yeah, Hawkeye and Loki and some Disney game. He's a great voice actor. No, he's prolific. Great voice actor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many credits is this? My favorite. Three hundred and nine. Three hundred and ninety-eight credits. I think my favorite. Holy Troy crud. Baker thing is when he so he replaced Mark Hamill as the voice of the Joker in the Arkham games. I think in Arkham City. I could be wrong. Maybe Arkham Knight. Whichever. Uh, the, you're wrong on both of those. Uh, he was in Arkham Origins. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I knew it was one of them. I think he actually plays Batman. Oh, does he not play Batman? I don't know. I think well, because I think Conroy was still doing the Batman voice, but he he mentioned how he went he went into a room. And they, they gave him a script, and they were like, okay, be evil and maniacal. And he just started reading, and then he realized as he was reading that he was reading a Joker monologue. And so, like, <laughs> apparent, like uh, from what I understand, like, it, like if I remember the video correctly, he's like, modifies the way he's talking to mm. become... The, the Joker. Yeah. Well, Mark, in, specifically Mark Hamill's version of the Joker, like, he tried to mimic it as best he could, which is pretty nice. neat. Yeah, no. Now, my favorite voice actor is uh, Brandon Keener. Yeah. Who played uh, Garrus in the Mass Effect games, as well mm. as um, your AI companion in the Division games. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know he was in that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah looking at, sorry, just to finish this no, up, looking at Troy Baker's list, he plays the voice of Joker in one animated 
movie, uh, the long Halloween part one and part two. So both of those. And then in the last one, uh, battle of the super sons, he plays, he voices Batman. Mm. So he's voiced both the Joker and Batman in separate things. Uh, he was also in star Trek lower decks as Sherwin's interesting. He's not even, we haven't even seen him in this pilot episode. We just got, we went down a rabbit hole. That's the definition yeah. of the sci-fi wise guys. Uh, we got stuck on something we liked. Well, what are we going to do? Are we going to expound poetic on the show that might be considered the greatest pilot in the history of pilot television? <laughs> like, yeah, well, we could. <laughs> yeah. We could, I guess. Like, are we yeah. going to dissect the scenes? Like, <laughs> I mean, what, yeah, what yeah. is there to know? Like, if you're listening to us, no offense, if you don't like the game and you're listening to us and you're just hate listening, that's your problem. Yeah. If you love the show or if you love the game and you're listening to us because you want to know our opinion on it, we said it in the first 10 minutes of the actual podcast. It's Are great. you saying that we should just do 10-minute episodes? No, no, no. We no, could no, cover no. so much more material. No, we could do daily episodes. I'm just saying, like, we already gave our thoughts and opinions that it was great. You know what I mean? It's great. Like, that's what we're doing now is just the we're, we're doing the fluff. So, uh, yeah, we can spend five minutes talking about Troy Baker's acting credits. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any predictions? For the show? I, mean, I don't know how much you know about the story of the game. I mean, whatever creative liberties that they might choose, the only thing, like, <laughs> our, our mutual friend Fletcher showed us once. He showed me a video of when they were filming the ending sequence of the game, like the, the actual mm-hmm. ending sequence. Like, he, like, gave one of the uh, one of the characters, and he was like, hey, when, oh, yeah. when Troy walks in here, I want you to start singing opera. <laughs> yeah 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 they started singing their lines yeah. i have seen that yeah, yeah. and so it, it, if they do that i'll be very surprised um no i all i know is the intro mm-hmm. and then the end i don't know i don't i know nothing in between i really don't okay. like listeners okay. of the show I, I don't know what happens in the game other than what happens at the end thanks ign for your top 10 video game moments yeah well you clicked on that video. no i know it's it's my fault but they made the video you know Fair so enough. i don't have any predictions no like predictions. I really don't. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I can't give any because, you know. It's spoil. You know? I kind of know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> there are less predictions and more just me telling you what's going to happen. Yeah. Looking forward to it. I'm, I like having, it's really nice to have something to watch week to week while we're in between Star Trek. It's, it's nice. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I have seen the second episode because um, I'm just, I'm watching them every Sunday. I'll watch the next one this coming Sunday. I guess yesterday in podcast time. Yeah. I sus- Looking forward to it. I suspect that the wife and I will watch the second episode on... So I think you're watching The Bachelor tonight. Oh, of course. Um, it's that time of the year. Uh, and then uh, I think we'll probably watch episode two on Friday or Thursday because Thursday is fall night. So probably Friday. And then mm-hmm, episode mm-hmm. three on Sunday. So Absolutely. Uh, well, do you want to talk about what's up next? What is up next? I don't know. We're taking a break. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is releasing January 30th. We're going to mark this as the end of season two of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. It's episode 154. Uh, we will be taking the month of February off, uh, then hitting uh, hitting you back up with more episodes starting March 6th. There will still be things on the feed, though. We have co-hosted, guest-hosted, or what have you, on a couple of uh, other uh, good podcasts, great podcasts that uh, you may or may not have already heard, but we'll be uh, posting them up on our feed. Um, so uh, we were on the Blokebusters podcast uh, many, many moons ago. Uh, like we did that. It took two months to come out. I lost track of when it came out. We recorded it back in like June. Yeah. Uh, but we recorded uh, an episode uh, on the Blockbusters podcast with uh, their host, Paul, uh, concerning Good Omens, 
the Terry Pratchett, Neil Gaiman book turned TV show on Amazon Prime. Uh, a lot of fun discussion. We don't go off topic at all. Nope, not once. Nope. Uh, and then more recently, we were on Science Fiction Remnant discussing the just the best <laughs> dragon movie that was ever made, <laughs> Reign of Fire. Live action dragon movie. Yeah. The best, yeah, you're right. Because How to Train Your Dragon is obviously the best dragon movie. Yeah. Where does Pete's Dragon fall on the list? Is that number? Is that in the top five? And is it does it go on the animated list or the non-animated list? Because I, I mean, know. Reign of Fire, their the dragons aren't real either. Yeah. They're just drawn. They're just drawn to look more well, realistic. It's so. a, well, it's at least in the it's at least in the top ten because it okay. goes Reign of Fire, uh-huh. How to Train Your Dragon, all of the Dragonheart movies, all of them, and then all eventually, six of them? and then eventually <laughs> Reign of Fire <laughs> or uh, Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm talking about the original Pete's Dragon. I've never seen the remake, so There's I have remake. no idea. Yeah, they remade Pete's Dragon, man. It's the only time Disney's remade something and I've gone, nah, that doesn't need to happen. Did they? I swear they did. Look look it up. 2016, yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Anyway, so we're not going to leave you completely uh, out, hang you out to dry, Neat. listeners. We will have both of those episodes dropping over the next month. Maybe something else if we can. Uh, we've been on a couple other shows, but we were trying to keep it a little tight. Other than that, we really appreciate y'all hanging out with us for another, another season. Looking forward to uh, big stuff in season three. I want to emphasize when I say thank you for listening, I mean everyone but Josh. <laughs> I was going to ask, um, do you have an idiot of the show? Oh. oh, man. I don't know if I do. Probably, you know what? I'm going to follow your rule about anyone who causes their own death okay. is the idiot of the show. And I'm going to say that it was the, the soldier who mm. shoots at Joel and Sarah. Because if he hadn't done that, he wouldn't have got shot in the head. It's true. So, idiot of the movie. I think that the idiot of the show for me is Robert. Okay. The guy who double crosses Joel's special lady friend, whose name I've already forgotten. In hench terms, <laughs> the, the guy In I'm talking terms. about, Robert, is the hencher. He hires the henches, right? 100%. And so, his, his idea is that he's going to double cross somebody. And the problem is, is the person that he's going to double cross... He is absolutely terrified of, like terrified to the point that he's willing to kill somebody to prevent them from ever knowing that he was involved in the double cross. All I'm saying is, if you're stupid enough to double cross somebody you know is going to kill you, you probably shouldn't have double crossed him in the first place, you moron. So Robert, fair enough. luckily you got yourself killed because you tried to double cross someone else. Was that a triple cross? You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. What an idiot. Robert, idiot of the show. Yeah. I mentioned big things coming up in season three, making not any, I say we're making, we're doing big things. Uh, any Anybody who ever says they're doing big things isn't actually doing big things. Uh, we're going to be doing the same thing, which is making a podcast, which is the same as we've always done. Uh, but we're making some changes, maybe doing some more video content. We'll have more announcements coming up, uh, but all of that will be announced first in Discord. Uh, and then, of course, post it across social media. All right. Email us your suggestions at sci-fiwiseguys at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on the interwebs, on Twitter, on our Discord, or Instagram at sci-fiwiseguys. Give us your suggestions. We'll probably, we may or may not watch it. Thanks, Todd. Maybe we need to have a more selective screening process. <laughs> Anyone who's not Todd. <laughs> yeah. uh, but stay healthy, stay hydrated, and in the post-apocalyptic future, avoid the zombies. <laughs>
Yeah. yeah. If something if somebody's trying to eat you, don't let them do it. Yeah. That was you, the worst advice you've ever given. I'm just Chris. saying. What? I, I, no, I, I can't. Sorry. I, like, this is the zombie land rule 1644 cardio, right? Like, don't go into I, bathrooms. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Thank, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll Bye. see you all later. Stay away from the zombies, I'm just saying. That's how you get infected. It is how you get infected.